Hello and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kuchanov, and today we are talking about one of my favorite meals, breakfast. And I feel like I did, I thought I like did a breakfast episode before. I mean, I, 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 I don't... Doubt that I did an episode that had breakfast food in it, but I, I don't know. I went back and scanned my episodes, and I, I don't think I did like a full-on breakfast episode. And in this case, a make it ahead breakfast. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, how is everyone doing? Happy Thursday! I hope your weeks are going well, and uh, that everyone is staying safe and healthy. And uh, I hope you're all just, you know sitting down and relaxing with a cup of tea or maybe you're in your car or maybe you're listening to this while you work I can't do that I can't listen to a podcast or like an audiobook while I work because I have to have like I feel like some people can like unless you're doing something like really mundane like if I have to like write an email I can't listen to something because I feel like I'm gonna just uh you know forget what I'm writing or I won't be able to listen to the podcast and like absorb that so either way this is all to say hello and welcome back. In other Ina news, I got a DM from a one Mr. Matt Harrell this week, who is a listener. Hello, Matt. Um, we've been chatting back and forth a little bit. It's been lovely on Instagram. And he sent me uh, basically a post from Ina Garden. It's like a photo dump of some of her favorite East Hampton hangouts, most of which were on my list of my East East Hampton like must-dos whenever I make the pilgrimage to East Hampton, whenever that is. Um, it's posts like this that I feel like, I don't know if Ina listens, but I feel like someone on her team is listening. I mean, a few weeks ago, I sent out the bat call on an episode for Ina to give her, her, everyone like a tour of her garden. And that same day she gave us one. And now she's just, you know, willingly adding places for me to visit whenever I go to East Hampton. I really feel something's happening here. I feel like I need to, in order to like prove my theory, I need to, I need to like send out some sort of like, I don't know, subtle call to action to Ina. Like if Ina or your team, Ina's team, if you're listening, you know, maybe give us a what would it be like give us a tour of your of Ina's barn or like a video of like Ina's Saturday routine I would love that like what does she do in the morning does she wake up and make coffee and just sit with Jeffrey like does she sit out in the garden does she run errands I don't know but I I will say that um in a way I feel like acknowledging these coincidences will make it go away in some like you know I feel like I should just, maybe it's best to just keep doing what I'm doing and letting, you know, what is most likely coincidences keep on happening in tandem with the pod. And, uh, you know, with that being said, I say we get into it. So this is Back to Basics, Season 14, Episode 2, Cook Like a Pro, Make Ahead Breakfast. That's a, that's a lengthy title there, but it's worth it. So Ina begins, I'm Ina Garden. I've been cooking and baking for decades, and I'm going to teach you some of the secrets I've learned along the way so that you too can cook like a pro. This is all about make-ahead breakfasts. First, amazing raspberry baked French toast that's perfect for company. 
I'm sharing my secrets to moist blueberry bran muffins and delicious mini Italian frittatas that just need to be warmed up before breakfast. You'll love the orange marmalade butter and amazing smoked salmon platter and a pitcher of Virgin Mary's I've made in advance. And finally, delicious fruit with honey vanilla yogurt that's all ready for the morning. Let's talk make-ahead breakfast. You know, um, I should like put that music in. It's probably copyrighted though, so I'll I'll just sing it poorly instead. Um, so I'm excited for all of the things on this menu here. I think breakfast is just. <sighs> As I said before, it's one of my favorite meals, I feel like, for the same reasons that Ina is about to tell us. She starts by saying, I love entertaining for breakfast. Everyone's, like, up and happy. I wouldn't say that I'm, like, happy in the morning. I'm not really, like, a full-blown morning person. But as I get older, I think, like, I used to not have a 9-to-5 job, and now I do have a 9-to-5. So my body's just, like, automatically going to wake up around, like, 7.30-ish in the morning. But I do like having the day. Like, as much as I love sleeping in, I just get really bummed out if I wake up at, like, 10, and I'm like, oh, my God. And then you blink, and it's 2 o'clock. And so this is all to say that, like, a big breakfast is one of my favorite ways to start the day. I love cooking breakfasts um, and eating them, of course. And I think Ina said this, like, many times in the past, and I've probably said it on the podcast, too, that it's just nice to have everyone over for breakfast, and then you, I don't know, everyone just sort of scatters and just, like goes about their day and they have like the rest of their day. I feel like a good a good time for breakfast. I don't know. I'd say if I'm really having my way, I'd say like if everything was prepped ahead, make ahead, we'll say, like I would love like a 9:30, like 10 o'clock lunch. You know, I know brunch is like formally probably around like 11, 11:30, maybe even one in some cases too, but that's that's too late for me. I need it I need it a little bit earlier, but um yeah, back to Ina. She says the key to making um, breakfast, or at least in this capacity, is making everything in advance. Otherwise, I have to wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning. Not fun. And then she looks at the camera and smirks. Um, so she shows us this is an already made baked raspberry French toast, which is, I mean, heavenly, really. So we get a flashback to 24 hours before. It's like this little like clock that comes up on the screen. It's cute. And she's chopping up some challah, but she says that you can use brioche or regular bread. But, I mean, once you've had challah French toast, there's really no going back. Am I right, ladies and gents? <laughs> like, I think brioche is, a, is a, like, a worthy substitute. But, like, even, like, a Texas toast is good, but it's not challah. I think, like, challah is, like, it has more flavor, as Ina says. And I feel like it's more of an eggy bread anyway. It just... I don't know. It just works better. Um, and she says that uh, day-old bread is pr is the best way to go because that soaks up the custard just like a little bit better than, you know, fresh bread. Uh, so she puts into this like casserole dish a layer of challah and then a layer of raspberries. She doesn't really, she doesn't do anything. It's like a really easy recipe, I, I will say. Um, and then... Uh, where are we now? So she puts the challah in, and then she puts the raspberries on, and then she just tops it off with another, another layer of challah, and then it's time to make the custard. So she has 10 extra large eggs that she whisks together and then adds two and a three-quarter cups of half and half, which, yeah, go for it. If you're going to if you're gonna do French toast, you know, in, in this capacity too, it's like, just use the half and half. 
Um, and then to, I guess, like to the custard or to the half and half rather and the eggs, she adds uh, some granulated sugar, some light brown sugar, and then a teaspoon of good vanilla. And then a teaspoon of orange zest, which I, I like. I think that would be really nice. I think that'd be a nice added note to like the... Uh, the French toast casserole of like what there's something in there you know what I mean I feel like um, and she's she zests a little bit on at the end too before serving which is great um, Ina does say she does admit that this is basically bread pudding and we all know I mean I've talked about bread pudding before on previous episodes I just I think bread pudding is like the superior dessert and I don't know why more restaurants don't have it I don't know why there's not and like a whole bakery dedicated to bread pudding um especially uh now that i know what ina is about to say which is that she has a recipe for well first she talks about the croissant bread pudding um which um which we all know from that one episode i can't remember what episode that was that i covered a little while back and i i said like croissant like 16 times in a row um but that sounds delicious but ina also says that she makes a savory bread pudding in like to substitute for stuffing on Thanksgiving. She says, I like to make a leek and mushroom bread pudding. I don't know if I would like love the mushrooms, but I would definitely eat it. Um, I think there's like, I would like leave the mushrooms out and put in like, I don't know, like a sort of like a chicken sausage or something like that, you know, that has like some sort of maple in it. I don't know. I picture like dry cranberries in there as well too. Like that that's what I would do instead. But again, I've never formally done a Google search to see if like if there is just like a food truck or a restaurant that's solely dedicated to bread pudding. But especially knowing now that you can do sweet and savory bread puddings, uh, you know, what are we waiting for? Maybe this is, uh, you know, my sign from the universe to uh, just, you know, quit my job and start a bread pudding truck. I don't know what I'd call it. Clever name to come. Uh, Anyway... Ina dumps the um, the custard into like kind of on top of the bread and the raspberries all together. Again, I, I feel like this is a very easy dish here. It's just kind of dumping it in and then you can let it soak overnight, which is great. We flash forward to the present where Ina takes it out of the oven and then she adds a few more. Um, I almost said like shards of zest. What would you call that? Like a little pieces of zest I don't know why I'm struggling to think of what that's called she just adds more orange zest is what I'm trying to say and then some powdered sugar on top of that and then to really top it off she drizzles a little maple syrup on top which is just um it's just too much really so next up are the mini Italian frittatas and I love a frittata. I love eating them. I love making them. It's like my go-to breakfast dish for if I'm invited to a brunch or hosting brunch. Uh, Not to be confused with a quiche, which has a crust. A frittata is more of like a, what do I have in the fridge that I can put in this sort of thing? Like, oh, I have a leftover onion, maybe some bell peppers. You know, it's just kind of, uh, I don't know, any vegetable or any sort of like meat you have, you could just throw it in there. It's, It's great. And they're super easy to make. And in this case... Ina is making mini frittatas, which is such a great idea. I would never have thought of that. She uses like a cupcake tin or like a muffin tin, I think, which is probably the same tin. Um, So she makes them or the reason that makes uh, the reason why she's calling them Italian uh, frittatas is that she's using uh, prosciutto, parmesan 
and Fontina. It's like it's a very Italian name that has like a thousand vowels in it, but I think it's uh, Fontina Val d'Aosta, something like that. We'll go with Fontina. We'll just say Fontina. This isn't Giada, okay? Um, so she sautés some... She starts this off by some uh, sautéing some olive oil and leeks in a sauté pan on the side. And as that's kind of doing its thing, she slices up some prosciutto and then puts that in the pan with the leeks. And on top of that, she puts, like, some spinach So and then puts a lid on top of it so the spinach can kind of wilt properly. And then while that's doing its thing... Uh, Ina Julianne some fresh basil, which is great. And uh, yeah, she throws the basil on top. She uh, squeezes some fresh lemon juice on top of that. Um, so the like the filling in quotes there is kind of done. That's what she's going to put in. You know, that's like the bulk of the frittata minus the eggs and cheese. And um, speaking of eggs, she beats eight eggs along with um, half cup of half and half. Um, and then she starts to build the frittatas. It's like it's kind of already made from there, too. She puts a little bit of the, the filling into the bottom of the, the muffin tin and then a sprinkle of fontina and then the egg mixture on top. And then she puts just like a little sprinkling of Parmesan on top because why not? I mean, that sounds delish. So she's about to throw them in the oven. Um, and as she's doing this, she tells us that you can make these ahead, take them out of the fridge the next morning, reheat them, and then she says, and no one will ever know. And I I believe her. I'm not saying that Ina's lying to us, but I just feel like there's some small part of me. I guess if they're heated up in the oven, they would get crisp. But I've, I've had, like, leftover frittata before, and it's, like, it's not ideal, but it works. You know what I mean? So, I, But I usually, I mean, who am I kidding? I just, like, threw a slice of frittata, like, in the microwave. I'm not, like, reheating it in the oven or even toaster oven. I should try that next time. But um, I believe her. So, I mean, if we try these, if anyone makes these, uh, let me know. So as she's putting the mini frittatas into the fridge, she says, while I'm here, let me show you some other favorite make-ahead breakfast ideas. So she pulls out her favorite orange marmalade butter, um, which is uh, marmalade. I don't know why I said marmalade. <laughs> Lady marmalade. Um, now I'm marmalade. I'm going to go with marmalade. I don't know why my brain told me to say marmalade. Doesn't matter. Um, and Ina says, she's like, it's so easy to make. It's crazy. I love when she calls things crazy. Uh, so she, I mean, this is, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you what's in it. And it's like, it's so simple. It's just like a stick of butter, some orange marmalade and a pinch of salt. And then you just kind of whip it up. I feel like flavored butters are like among the easiest things to make. I think like my annoyance with it would be the fact that I have to clean my standing mixer afterwards. But, you know, it's worth it. So the next thing Ina shows us is a smoked salmon platter, um, which is, you know, she basically gives us a how-to on how to arrange, a, you know, a smoked salmon platter. I just basically said the same thing three times. Um, she takes the salmon, the Norwegian smoked salmon, excuse me, and just kind of arranges it in two columns on the platter. And then she adds some thinly sliced red onions, uh, some lemon, and then some scattered capers over the salmon, and then she tucks in some fresh dill, and then puts some uh, crushed black pepper on top of it all, really. It sounds great. Like, honestly, this would be my dream if there was, like, a, like, what's missing from this is, like, a dozen of bagels. Like, an assortment of bagels. What's everyone's favorite bagel? My favorite bagel is onion. And I know everything bagels are, like, 
pretty similar to an onion bagel, but there's something about a good onion bagel that I just adore. I don't know why. And I, and I think like closest to that is a sesame bagel. And I, it's funny because like, I feel like a sesame bagel and an onion bagel combined is an everything bagel. It's like very close to it. But um, I like all those ingredients separately. I will eat an everything bagel. Like, don't get me wrong. But um, I love a good blueberry bagel. I, I love the, I love bagels is what I'm trying to say here. But I, I really think that this is meant. I'm, I'm surprised she didn't like have any sort of vessel for this like what do you put the smoked salmon on I don't know there was no bread there was no like carb to be paired with this uh, salmon platter but maybe I've I don't know I've never had a salmon platter where I just like ate the salmon so um I guess it will just uh remain a mystery so after the salmon platter, she says, if you're having breakfast, you have to have a drink, right? And she pulls out a picture of Virgin Mary's, which is, you know, a Bloody Mary minus the vodka. And so she makes these homemade. She puts some celery, horseradish, uh, shallots, shallots, uh, the juice of two limes, Worcestershire sauce, tobacco, tobacco, <laughs> my autocorrect um, corrected Tabasco to tobacco. So do not put tobacco in your Virgin Marys or your Bloody Marys. Um, <laughs> tabasco sauce and celery salt. And then she pours it into a pitcher and adds tomato juice and then it's done. I, I think I've, I've told you all my stance on Bloody Marys. Maybe I just haven't had the right Bloody Mary. I've tried them over the years. I understand the intrigue. I feel like people that love them, love them. Um, I feel that I am more interested in, you know, what I call like a loaded Bloody Mary when there's like a pickle hanging out of it and like a piece of bacon and like <laughs> a skewer of olives. Like I've seen some crazy Bloody Marys in my day. I feel like one time I saw like, I don't know if it was like a crab leg or something sticking out of it. Uh, it's really out of control. But as far as just the drink itself, <sighs> I don't know. It's too much. It's too much for me. I will certainly try one. Maybe, you know, like anyone who's in Pittsburgh that's listening to this, like, where's the best Bloody Mary in town? Or maybe even in New York City, because I, I don't go there often, obviously. But, um, you know, I feel like that's a city I would visit fairly soon. Um, what am I missing out on? It's like, defend Bloody Marys to me, even though I know what they taste like, or maybe I just haven't had the right one. Uh, we'll move on from this. Um... What's next here? The blueberry brand muffins. So she starts out with Greek yogurt, um, half a cup of sugar, and a half a cup of vegetable oil, and then adds some honey to it. And she gives us the tip of doing, you know, the classic, like, put your oil in first so then the honey is able to pour out, you know, more easily. I never use honey fast enough. This is a side note here. Like, one day, it's like a beautiful golden jar of honey. And then, like, the next time I look at it, it turns into, like, a block of hardened crystals that I can just never, I can like never restore it to like its fullest form again. And I don't, I, yes, I, I will fully admit that I buy, I don't buy like the bear, you know, the little bear, no shade against the bear. The bear's great. But I've bought like some, I don't know, medium priced honey in my day. And is it just like maybe because it's a plastic bottle, is it better stored in like a jar? I just don't know. It's probably just because I'm not using it fast enough. Like, no matter where you store it, it's always going to be a mess. I don't know. But if anyone has any tips, let me know. 
So next, Ina uh, puts in two eggs, and she cracks them into the batter, everyone. She does not use a little side dish. I knew I would catch her one of these days. Um, and she she chucks the egg eggshells into the sink. She, tuck, she like, tosses the first one in, and we all know how she, like, whips them into the sink. It's one of my favorite little nuances of Ina when she's baking. And she, like, kind of laughs at herself after she does it. It was great. I don't know if she's laughing at how hard she through the eggshell or maybe she's laughing that she forgot to crack it into a separate bowl who knows um after that she adds one teaspoon of the good vanilla and then gives it a whisk uh and then after that is the dry ingredients it, this is like the usual suspects here you know flour baking powder baking soda half a teaspoon of cinnamon um <laughs> I know says she's like just make sure these ingredients are fresh sometimes these ingredients can sit in your pantry for years i mean She's not wrong. I feel like I have baking soda from like <laughs> like the Clinton administration. I feel like it's like something that specifically baking soda and baking powder because and I think more recently Keon and I I think we both went to the grocery store on separate occasions and we both bought baking powder or baking soda. So we have enough to last us for like the rest of our lives. And I didn't even like I don't even think of it going bad, but of course it will. Like I guess it it doesn't like I'm assuming it's probably not harmful, but it probably just doesn't do the job as well. So, you know, check in on your baking powders and baking sodas, everyone, because uh, it could be stale. Who knows? So the last two things are uh, two and a half cups of wheat bran and then the blueberries, which uh, looks like a great batter. I would love a sort of I love a good like bran muffin like from uh there's a grocery store called aldi if anyone is familiar i feel like they're they're pretty much almost everywhere but um not a lot of people know not everyone knows about aldi is what i'm trying to say but they're they have a uh a cereal called bran flakes that i love it's basically um raisin bran without the raisins and we all know how i feel about raisin bran it's just like a crime i hate raisin bran uh but i love the bran part so this is this is a win in my book. So she takes them out of the tin, and then she's uh, she says, you can put them on a plate, but they look so much better on a cake stand. And I do agree. I love uh, a little bit of height. I would never think to do that. Um, so, you know, another hot tip from Ina. Um, and then, I think this might be the last thing on our list today, is the fresh fruit with honey vanilla yogurt. So the first thing she does is hull some strawberries. I guess the top of the strawberry is called the hull, or maybe hull is the act, like hulling a strawberry. I don't know. This is uh, <laughs> this is unimportant at this point. Um, but Ina says that the fruit depends on, basically like your fruit salad should depend on what is ripe and what is in season. Like don't get something that's just not, it makes sense, you know, like don't try to force mango if mango's not in season or i guess like blueberries or whatever it happens to be but in this case she does strawberries blueberries raspberries and papaya and there are two types of papaya which i didn't know a regular papaya and a golden papaya and surprise she loves the golden papaya i feel like that's the, her stance on pineapples as well there's like a regular pineapple and like a golden pineapple and she she loves the golden fruit i don't know um, so she shows us how to prepare the papaya. Uh, she peels off the skin, she slices it in half, and then takes out all of the seeds. And she says that the seeds are edible, but I don't want to see them in a salad, is what she says. Hmm. And then, 
she didn't say the hmm. I just added that. I added it in there for dramatic effects. But she gives it a big dice, and then she tosses it in. So she mixes all the fruit together and adds a sprig of mint, just to, you know, for a little pop of color. And then it's on to the, um, the honey vanilla yogurt. She, it's, I mean, again, really simple. Regular yogurt, two tablespoons of honey, and a half a teaspoon of good vanilla. And she, you know, oh, actually, it does get a little bit more... Um, in depth, she does add like half of a vanilla pod, like the seeds of the vanilla pod into the yogurt as well. She uh, she loves the flex, the flex of um, vanilla in there to kind of show that it is a, a proper vanilla yogurt. Um, and the end of the episode, it's, it's kind of uh, business as usual here. She's like, I'm going to show you how to put it all together. But there really isn't like a tablescape you know what I mean? It's kind of just reviewing everything that she sort of prepared in the episode and they kind of just like pop up on the table as she talks about them. There really isn't a, like a rhyme or reason. It's just sort of recapping what she made. Although the one thing I don't know, what was the orange marmalade for? Is it for the muffins? She didn't really like specify. I think there are two mysteries to this episode. One, we don't know what the salmon is supposed to go on. Is it just... You know, we need some bagels. We need some, uh, I don't know, some some croissant for that orange marmalade would be great. I, I, I just don't know what that is or what that's supposed to uh, be spread on, I guess. I don't know. So she wraps it all up by saying, so if you're having a party, you can make one of these or you can make all of them. But whatever you do, make breakfast ahead. And uh, I have no notes on that, that send-off this week. I found it rather... Uh, succinct and to the point and uh, I'm going to take Ina's lead and uh, wrap this episode as neatly as I can as well so thank you again for everyone uh, who has been listening if you want to follow the podcast on social media you can find it on Instagram and Twitter at goodvanillapod and you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com Also, I made a group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search The Good Vanilla. If you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic. That also works, too. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kachanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.